podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Fire for them, fire for them. If you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all that thing there, keep it locked with this Unomics podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Disunomics Pod. Shout out to those who listened to last week's episode. Very, very important episode. We've been clapping for the NHS every Thursday. But it's good to have a look at what the NHS system, NHS system actually looks like. The good, the bad, the ugly. And we can compare it to other systems like Germany, France, Australia, Canada, United States to see which systems maybe actually be better than the other and how they are funded and maybe if we can move off the NHS so make sure you check that podcast out gives you a lot of information and with what's happening with coronavirus maybe you start to understand why it's having such terrible impacts in places like the United Kingdom and the United States of America whereas Germany are dealing with it seemingly a lot better than most places in the world so make sure you check that out this week I'm going to give us a coronavirus update I'm going to talk about what's been happening um, across the week um, how it's looking at at now today is um sunday and then i'm going to talk about how coronavirus coronavirus might impact some of the key functions of life in the future so i'm talking working from home and some of the regular face-to-face um type of services that we have that can maybe become more automated so first i'm going to give a coronavirus update so we've heard a lot from our government all throughout the week in terms of looking to raise um, testing from 5,000, 7,000 to up to 25,000 um, a day by the end of April. Then they push up again to 100,000 a day. So that's what the government are looking at. Government have been trying to get an, an antibody test that will let people know if they've had the virus or not. The problem is that a lot of the tests that the government have been purchasing to test do not work. So um, the health sec was talking about one of the tests that people were saying, no, this definitely bangs. Three out of four times, it will miss somebody having coronavirus. So you can't, you can't, um, you can't, um, what's it called, out, um, start to roll that out because it clearly doesn't work. So it's better to get a test that works than just to start testing people anyhow and it's not going to work. That's going to cause more damage. So um, according to one of the nation's top epidemiologists, epidemiologists, sorry, UK could have between 7,000 and 2,000 um, total deaths, which we hope we don't get that far, but that is what some people are projecting. New York has received ventilations from China and Oregon. The government went for a quite embarrassing thing this week when last week there were talks of getting 30,000 ventilators by this weekend that we're talking about now. And then it came out it was going to be, was it free or 30? Yeah, 30 or something something ludicrous, embarrassing. As of now, I'm recording this on April, Sunday, April the 5th, there's 1.2 million cases of corona across the world with 64,691 deaths. So that is, I'm just getting... Uh, kind of like a 5.4% mortality rate. And so if that keeps like a global average, then maybe you can look at how different countries are dealing with it to see where it's hitting the other countries hard. So for example, Italy, they were around a 10% rate. 
very, very dangerous. So, so far, there's 300 and... There's, there's been... Italy have had over 15,000 deaths, which is just horrendous. Spain, a further 12,000 deaths. In terms of corona, people infected with corona, United States have the most people, 312,000. There's 126,000 in Spain, 124,000 in Italy, 90,000 in Germany, 91,000 in France. In the United States, um, 34% of the cases in total are actually in New York, 37%. So a significant proportion of cases are actually cent- um, centralised in New York. Now, for those who've been following me on social media where I post my updates or my podcast, I spoke about how important it is for us to stay indoors um, due to the fact that we're going to see our cases start to rise and we don't want it to reach, which I think it which I did say it will reach, um, me and Dr. Lee spoke about this, um, how what's happened in Italy. So as of recent, we're seeing a high amount of cases. We saw 600 cases in one day, 700, I mean, 600 deaths in one day, then 700 deaths in another day. So as of now, the UK is at like a 10.3% mortality rate, which is dreadful. Remember I said before, the world's average is 5%. So 4,932 people have unfortunately died so far. Come, and there's been 47,806 cases. So this is very troubling times, people. Let's stay indoors. Let's be diligent. I'm seeing people out in um, in in parks in thousands. What, what are you... Do- if I was Prime Minister, man is sending in the lions because clearly you don't want to die. So let me help and assist you. And at least this way, your death is not going to... You, your death is not going to impact other people. You're mad. It's, it's insane. Stay inside. Thankfully, some good news. Italy have reported its lowest number of coronavirus deaths since March 19th. So hopefully this speaks to a downward trend. So we're seeing the the curve start to flatten and go downwards. I hope that Italy have seen the worst of things and hopefully it gets better and hopefully don't get hit with a second wave. Speaking of coronavirus, a lot of people that I've been speaking to personally and seen on the news and on social media are having a lot of difficulty with their work. So for those of us who still who may still have their jobs, we should be very grateful for that and grateful to our employers. And if you're religious, you should be grateful to maybe your maker or whatnot, because it's not easy out here. Like coronavirus has really, really devastated life from all types of platforms. Furlough is where you're paying the wages of people who can't do their jobs to help companies retain them. So the employees are kept on the payroll, even though they aren't currently working. So the scheme is, the government pays 80% of wages from um, up to a maximum of £2,500 per person before tax. So obviously this is not, if you're earning significantly more than that, you're going to take a quite big hit, but obviously that's better than, than zero. But yeah, it's a helpful government scheme. The issue with this is that currently we are seeing Premier League clubs, yeah? Premier League clubs applying for furlough. What? Do you know how mad that is? So, not only we saw it with Spurs, now we're seeing it with Liverpool. Huh? Liverpool that have, in certain years, in recent years, I think 2017, 18, they made £120 million worth of profit. This is the team that gets one of the top three highest TV deals in the land that has gone deep in the Champions League, I think two, um, um, two years in a row or something along those lines. Um... So they in the Champions League, they're getting big P from being in the Champions League, TV money, prize money. They're making big money. Sell out the stadium all the time. And your club. And the thing is, the worst thing is the players um, from Liverpool and the manager, they said, yo, we're gonna, 
agree to like you know what I mean like side away some of our money and the clubs are stabbed in the back and followed the non-playing staff that's ridiculous Manchester United play Manchester United have come out and I think oh, what other club came out and said I think Chelsea as well correct me if I'm wrong with these clubs and said we're not going to furlough our staff we're going to pay all our non-playing staff non-playing and coaching staff their full amount but United players said between the lads I know Marcus Rashford has gone on a scheme as helping feed 400,000 kids who usually get school dinners in Manchester Paul Pogba has been raising money um, I think somebody else was raising money. I can't remember who it was in the team. So these young men, often across the country, especially the Premier League ones, they often do, they come from working class families themselves. So they know what it's like. They often do a lot of things in the community. These Man United players are saying, we, we will take a 30% cut, but that's that 30%, that has to go to um, health and social care in Manchester. So take, yeah, you can take 30% off my wages, but make sure it's going to the people that need it. And that's the problem that I have with, and I have a problem with the health secretary coming for those wages. Are you fucking mad? Are you stupid? Are you mad or what? Word to mouth. Are you mad or what? What? Talking about players, they have a responsibility in this criminal. Shut up, David Lammy. Shut up, health sec. Players are employees. That means somebody's paying their wages. Yeah? So if somebody has enough money to pay the, all these people that you say have too much money's wages, that means there's somebody there that has a lot of money. So why don't you talk to them, man? Not the employees who are who actually do their bit in the communities. You get me? It's, it's cheeky. Why do these come for footballers? Are they the only high-flying successful people earning millions of pounds? Why is it always footballers? It's an absolute joke. Talking about they should do day, but they shouldn't get they should do day. But are you dumb? Talking, um, David Lammy talking about is a joke that Tottenham, Tottenham off. Or I agree the joke Tottenham off are uh, using taxpayers' money to pay for um, the fellow. Footballers pay tax, dummy. Footballers pay more tax than how many of us combined? I think it was in the news the other day, like the amount the, the, the of tax the footballers pay is more than the, it's just so dumb they pay millions of basically it's a 45 if you earn above £151,000 any every penny you earn above £151,000 gets taxed at a 45% tax rate if footballers are earning some footballers are earning grand a week that means the vast majority of their wages is almost being halved they are paying almost half in national insurance and income tax what are you talking about how dare you? So, and you dickhead football clubs that earn enough money to be able to pattern the non-playing staff's wages in full. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I don't even think footballers should take cuts in their salary to pay for people who currently aren't working and don't need, aren't needed at currently. Because that's, that's, if you're not part of the playing staff, you're not a revenue generator for the company. I'm sorry, that's the truth. Don't get me wrong, I want everybody to be paid, innit? I want everybody to be looked after. And the players do, but I don't think it's their responsibility. It's the responsibility of the company. How many people? How many people are willing to take uh, a five percent um, haircut on their salary to pattern the non-essential stuff? And shut up, people. Say, Neymar dropped seven hundred bags. Seven hundred bags. People say no, but it's two weeks' wages. How many times have you donated a week's wages, big man? People talking smack about Jeff Bezos. Um, anybody donating money? How much have you done? How many times have you helped somebody? 
How many times have you walked past somebody on the London Underground asking for peace? How many times have you... Let's have it right. Especially us Londoners, we treat homeless people like their furniture. We act like they don't exist. All, every day. I'm somebody, I don't have cash. If I have cash, more time I'll give it. I can't lie. But I'm not saying I'm a great person or not. That's, that's neither here nor there. But a lot of people don't give. And they're talking about people, shut up. I'm, I'm not hearing that. Anyway, rant over. Let's go to the crux of the, the podcast today. How COVID-19 is going to impact the world. As a global health crisis surrounding the current pandemic worsens in many countries, and lockdown is a new norm for many of us, it's quickly dawning on people that they may not be, this may not be a short-term thing. The general consensus amongst experts is that we'll be probably be dealing with the immediate threat of COVID-19 for at least a year and a half, 24, 24 months. Sorry, Jess. Shout out, my, shout out my G, Jess. And even after the rebuild and the last impact will no doubtly be felt for years to come. So this is going to be a thing that's going to be over us for a few years. COVID-19 could, could permanently shift working patterns as companies are finally been forced to um, impacts to, um, to take in remote working. The sudden increase from working from home is presenting problems as well as opportunities naturally. So, obviously, if you're working like, um, like the hotel industry or hospitality, you can't really work from home. It's difficult. So you can't be living in Stratford and serve a man a coffee in, in Lakeside. You know, work like that, unfortunately. But in other industries, it works perfectly fine. So, like, when you got to start off such a Slack and Zoom, Zoom, and established giants, including Google and Microsoft, offering the tools for free, in the hope that people start using them and Christ may carry on. Like, this is going to make a, such a massive impact on co- on corporations, how we do things. So now everybody that I know is working from home, they're doing Zoom calls, they're on... Some people on house party, some people are getting lit, some men are showing Gucci belts on house party, that's a story for another day. Some people are on um, Skype, FaceTime, all different methods. It shows that we can actually still get a lot of the jobs that we do done from home. Obviously, there's some hiccups. So, obviously, corporate networks probably aren't used to having so many people working from home needing access to a network or a server. So, for example, I work for an American company. So, to get access to their server, I have to go through a thing called Citrix. Some people may know of Citrix. And Citrix could be hella slow. Like, on Friday, Citrix was dragging, cuz. Like, it's so slow. But, obviously, the whole company is on Citrix now. Whereas before, maybe not that many people be on Citrix. So it's just one of those things. So obviously, this may lead to some companies upgrading their network facilities. So now we're seeing mad different apps being downloaded at um, different rates. So for example, um, like business conference apps have been experiencing record growth as a result. And they hit their biggest, biggest ever week in March when they topped 62 million downloads during the week of March 14th, 20, 21st. Meanwhile, social networking video app House Party has seen phenomenal growth in Europe during the lockdown. Um, me and Bola were speaking about this in the last three digits. Make sure you check that out. Another example, the business app downloads um, jumped 62 million across iOS and Google Play earlier in March was up 45% just from a prior week. This is the highest growth category um, across the app stores that week. So it just shows that all these apps priority data, global downloads, Skype, Housepotty, Zoom, they've just gone up 100%. It's crazy. And um, why this is good is that when you look at certain groups of people, like, for example, women, so um, those of my podcast, um, they know 
I've spoken about this at, at length. Women might even out-earn men or outdo men in the workplace up until they reach around 30. What tends to happen around that age? People start to having children, families, all that stuff. And then women, on average, are more likely to, to tailor down their career than men are, and they're more likely to take in part-time work. There's a part-time wage gap. There's more women working part-time than men. For example, women, on average, work about nine hours a week less than men. And that's quite a lot to do with childcare and, all that, and just being a mother and stuff. However... If you make it more flexible where remote working becomes more and more of the norm, where you don't need people being in offices all the time, this is going to be so impactful for women, especially women who may not have assistance in raising their children. So now, um, a woman might not have to have their children in nursery, spending £700 a month or something. She can maybe just juggle them while being at home. Um, it saves... Um, it saves on pollution. People are not out and about on the streets as much. Um... Um, the number of buses and transportation being used reduces which is good for the environment and stuff but just the fact that women can now have the opportunity to be able to progress in their career but at a more flexible and a conducive manner because if you're a mother you might not want to or you might not be able to be able to work the length of hours that it might require to to hit certain targets or to climb up the ladder in a certain way but if you're at home you might be more able to log in at a you know, you might have done a young school run, come home, you know what I mean? Now you're at home, looking after me, the younger one, doing your work, you put your kids to sleep, seven o'clock, boom, you can jump back on your laptop, and do, your, do you know what I'm saying? Like, now you could be just as productive, but in a more flexible environment. I think it's a no-brainer for society to move this way. So, now if you look at working from home statistics, this is provided by the ONS in 2019 and final 2020, of the 32.6 people in employment, around 1.7 people reported working mainly from home without and with around four people working from home in the week prior to being interviewed for the survey around 8.7 million people said they've worked from home this is this is less than 30 percent of the workforce some industrial sectors such as transportation storage accommodation food services and hotel wholesale retailers and repair provide relatively few opportunities for people to work from home obviously because you have to be about Occupations requiring higher qualifications and experience are more likely to provide home working opportunities than elementary and manual occupations, simply due to the nature of the roles. Young, young workers are less likely to be working from home, whereas those who continue to work beyond state pension age are increasingly likely to work from home. Two different surveys both found that around two-thirds of employees say they, they are more productive when they're working from home. Shock horror. However, as more people work from home for a certain period of time, one in five remote workers have previously said they struggle with loneliness. So that's the downside. It's estimated that retail industry will lose a quarter billion as a result of COVID-19 with in-store employees unable to work from home. So this shows, like, not enough people working from home currently when they really can be. And we're really missing out on a productivity um, feature. Obviously, you can get lonely because you miss that human interaction, but it's all about getting that medium. So now, if you look at Finder, Employees generally appreciate a company that allows them to work from home, and research suggests that this could be productive for an employer. 65% of workers said they, would, they are, would be more productive in a home office than a normal office. I agree. Three out of four workers said that they will be more productive due to, to reduced distractions. You're not having, oh, oh Sally, you, know, you wouldn't guess what happened last night. Sally, I don't care. Okay, I'm going to speak for myself, yeah. I'm not going to lie. When it comes to work, I'm on this socialising thing. I'm here to work my hours, be as efficient as possible so I can work as little hours as possible, get get paid, learn my skills, keep it moving, 
and then I'll socialise in my social time. Man don't care what you did last weekend. I know you don't care what I did last weekend. Man don't care about the Grand National. Man don't care about your kids. Don't care about your dog. I don't even like dogs. Man don't even like pets. Why are you talking about your pets, bro? I don't like beer. I don't care about how, oh my God, I was absolutely slaughtered. I don't care about your drunken escapades. I just came to the kitchen to grab a quick cup of tea, to dip in some biscuits, and ugh, and people come talk to you. I've got my headphones in. Like, I've got Dre Beats on sometimes, and I'm taking my Dre Beats off to talk to you about jazz. Allow me, sis. Like, even when sometimes I'm out, man's on my lunch break. You can see I'm watching my iPad on my phone. I'm watching Uncle Shannon talk. Oh, allow me, bro. Allow me. But yeah, I'm more productive because I don't have to stop and pretend to be entertained by your conversation. I feel that one. Sorry, guys. Back to the program. 83% of employees feel they do not need an office to be productive. Facts. Two-thirds of employers report increased productivity for remote workers compared to in-office workers because there's no distractions. And it's and it's also a fatigue thing. Like, you've had to get wake up, shower. I hope you showered. Uh, get ready. Take a commute to work. Then come in, settle. You might want to get your breakfast, your coffee, your tea. Or, do you know what I mean? Then work. And then you're going to have to interact with other people. You just cut out that whole um, commute in, getting ready, do you know what I mean? Settling down time. That's more hours to actually get the work done. You get me? It's, 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 it's no brainer for me. The average daily commute time in the UK is now 59 minutes. This means people working from home will save almost five hours a week. What did I just say, huh? Come on. Another benefit for the UK during um, coronavirus is that we, we have reduced emissions from workers not commuting and from manufacturers or transportation companies having to, re- having to reduce operations. CO2 emissions dropped by at least 25% in February. The number of good quality air has increased by 20%. However, it's not always rosy working from home. So here are some potential drawbacks. While working from home, there may seem a attractive proposition. Drawbacks have been identified that could be with more well-being things. So 90% of remote workers say they struggle with loneliness when they work remotely. 22% of telecommuters say they switching off after work is their biggest challenge. That's true. 60% of remote workers want employee, uh, employees to provide them better technology that helps them stay connected with their colleagues. I can't lie. Unless I need you, bro, I don't even, I'm not even trying to be staying connected. Like, uh, my company is Cisco Jabba, so if I need one of my um, accountants, I just hit him up on Jabba, like, call him, like, yo, dog, what are you saying? Like, but yeah, obviously, I'm quite different to a lot of um, people. Now, which industries are best placed to cope with employees working from home? With thousands of people across the world potentially locked down in self-isolation in the coming weeks and months, here's some of the businesses that, that, will, that will be hit the hardest. Travel. Obviously, you need people to be on road traveling. So my condolences to all those people that had book trips. Some people I've spoken to are stuck. Some people working in that industry, I feel really, really sorry for you. And it's just it's just a joke that you're not being um, protected by industry. Uh, manufacturing, for obvious reasons, like you you have to be in <laughs> the compound to be manufacturing. Retailers, food sellers, and leisure industry. Like you can't go to the cinema, you can't um, go out for drinks, you can't go out to eat. Obviously, that's gonna be done out. Even supermarkets and pharma, um, pharmacies, to a certain degree. No, in terms of industry that we least affected, supermarkets, and pharmacies, because it's a necessity. Food and medicine are necessary goods, so that's why you're coming into a young Iceland or a young Tesco, and everything lock off because people need these. Like people need it, so there's always they're always busy. One thing I do hate is that now having to queue to get into the shop and even when you're getting your products man are two meters away from you big man you've just put your bummer club fingers across every item in the shop 
allow me, bro. This queue is bare far back. Oh, anyway, companies that operate online. So many companies that now do the majority of the internal and external business online means that disruption shouldn't affect them. So those are the companies doing well. So if you look at um, streaming companies, they should be doing really well in this time period. What's really sick is that I hope that this changes how the NHS works as well. So for example, I currently got tonsillitis. Bear my friends think I've got the Rona. I either had the Rona before I have it right now. I don't know. I personally hope I had the Rona because that means I'm free now. You get me? But let's say I don't and it's just tonsillitis. Monday, I think I woke up, it was techie. And I had tonsillitis before, so I know the pattern. I knew that... Um, so I spoke to my boy... Dr. Lee, I was like, yo, what's the best way to approach this? Because, yeah, I'm not trying to go to no GP. I put no be at risk. Like, how should I smartly approach this? Because more often than not, you can call up your GP or go online and they'll be able to hit you with a description to your Linux pharmacy. So I called up my GP. Um, they said it's probably best um, that it's probably best just to go and do the online form. So I did the online form. So I, um, they asked me loads and loads of questions. Obviously, a lot of COVID-19 screening asked me loads of questions. I answered them. I, I had a couple of paragraphs to describe shit. So that must have been about 12.30 ish around four o'clock i received a call back and that was from my from the gp and then she obviously we had like a telephone consultation and she's like, okay cool i believe you need this antibiotics and then she said yeah i'm, I'm gonna send it straight to your nearest pharmacy and it's gonna be there for you right now and when i was bothered which was an hour later when work died on a bit i went and picked it up and then boom i've got my antibiotics very very smooth process much more efficient we don't need to always be present in these um, facilities and it then enables the people that need to be seen to in person to get a much better consultation whereas gps or doctors or nurses aren't having to basically stretch themselves because they're rationed because of the nature of the nhs so early earlier last month the nhs ordered 7,000 GP surgeries conduct as many patient consultations as possible by video connection to help reduce the spread of COVID-19. Before the outbreak, less than 1 in 100 appointments were conducted this way, but that's changing fast. That's going to change a lot. Oh. And it should change. It should be 1 every 100 appointments, appointments consulted online. It should be way higher than that. The the, prop, the thing is, the vast majority, it should be about 70% of probably... Okay, I'm just giving up my figure. I'm going to double-check this with my doctor friends. But... Probably more of these consultations, especially for the general practice stuff, should be done online or via the phone. You don't need to come in. But obviously, because there's no barriers to us to do so cost-wise, because we're not paid as we go there. We just do so anyway. That's what we've been taught. But this is a much more efficient service. So, try this podcast up. I really believe that this corona time, some of the good, some of the um, light at the end of the tunnel is that it's going to show us some of the... Uh, some of our practices are quite archaic and we could be a bit more streamlined and more efficient and ultimate the technology we have so yeah that's it for this week's podcast people please stay safe you can catch me at Disonomics on Instagram at Disonomics Pod on Instagram at underscore nomics on Twitter I'll be talking about Corona all the time daily updates will be on Insta and Twitter any questions hit me up on Twitter or Insta and until next week peace stay safe stay at home Podcast Network.